Hello. Welcome to episode 12 of Just Another Football Podcast with me, Danny Miller. And me, Josh Betley. Uh, are you going to try not to die in this podcast recording today? Uh, I'm sort of on to, at the stage where I'm fine during the day. So, touch wood, <laughs> no death on this on what, this show. What time did you get to bed last night? 5am. Um, so, let's hope um, this week's podcast goes better than last week. Uh, that was because I was doing my research. Yeah. No, no, because no, I was <laughs> coughing my have guts Have done some up. proper research this week? I've, I've made, done some proper research. I've checked that... I have paper. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. paper. This is the first time that we, we've turned up. We've, obviously, this is... A, episode 12 first time we've turned up and Josh has done some research that he's written on actual paper rather than just like random scribbles in my phone yeah exactly Um, it's a really interesting weekend of football and we've got more interesting things coming up this week Uh, but we're going to start off with the early kickoff on Saturday it was Cardiff against Brighton it finished 2-1 to Cardiff Uh, if I remember rightly this is the first top flight meeting between the two teams uh, but they've played each other in in all four divisions now. I have that four. written down. Do you actually? That's yeah. correct. I love a stat. Um, early goal made a hell of a difference. Lewis Dunk. Yeah. Uh, scored in back to back games. Yeah, it's it's quite impressive for a centre back. Mm-hmm. Quite impressive for a centre back. Um, but Cardiff turned it around. Um, I want to talk about probably the the big talking point from the game. Well, especially in the first half, and it was Dale Stevens's red card. It was a horror tackle, horror tackle. Did you see the uh, Sky reaction to it at half time? It yes. was um, Leroy Rosinha. Uh, sorry, Liam Liam Rosinha. Yeah, his dad was Leroy, wasn't he? I have um, no idea. Liam Rosinha and Alex Scott in the studio. Did you see it? Yeah, it was. It was awful. They were like sticking up for Dale Stevens. Yeah. For those of you that haven't seen it, um, basically um, ex-Brighton defender Liam Rosinha, um basically said that it was, uh, I think it was Cunningham. Is that yeah, the guy's name? Yeah. Cunningham. It was his fault for... Uh, not, not looking after himself going yeah, into a tackle. Uh, funnily enough, um, Liam Rosinha actually broke Cunningham's leg when he played for, I think he was playing for Brighton at the time. Uh, and he was out for like a year or something Cunningham's um, had two broken legs in his career yeah, as well it's crazy yeah awful um, it was a d- oh it was a stonewaller yeah. I couldn't believe what I was watching I, I really like Alex Scott as a pundit um, yeah, so I think it, she's really good but she dropped the ball bad on that I think because there is Rosinia retired or is he like still playing I'm not, sh- I'm not sure he seems I mean, to be he's, everywhere though I mean he's <laughs> he's one of those players that like every team bought in the championship but yeah. then as soon as they got promoted got rid of uh, no disrespect um, but he's not so much disrespect from top me. of the uh, <laughs> top of the pile when it comes to Premier League players um, I feel like maybe they're from an era where they're from an era they're like just at that point where tackles like that were like commonplace maybe and weren't punished maybe not commonplace but like maybe it's difficult because I like no matter what era you're from, like you have to think about if you're a pundit, you have to think about like what the game is like now. And so that in any other game, if he basically was like, oh, he's got the ball, like he had, he didn't get the ball, firstly, but also he's so high and his studs are up. It's yeah. a red card. Like player safety's got to be. Yeah, it's a, like paramount. It's the, yeah, it's the it's like the most important thing. Mm-hmm. He could break his leg there. Yeah, again, and that's his career over. Yeah. 
How old is he? Do you know? No idea. Be like, probably like early thirties or something like that. Um, the next thing was uh, Sol Bamba scored in the last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, crucial win for Cardiff. He scored, but he was offside. Well, he was offside, yeah. But it's not at the point people thought. So when the throw-in, obviously you can't be offside from a throw-in. Yeah. And then the next, there it's like headed on, but it was the Brighton defender that headed it on. Yeah, so he so wasn't actually offside. there, he was offside. It was when it came back in the next time Yeah. Uh, that he was offside. And uh, he didn't get booked for taking his shirt off. And that's exactly what I want to talk about. Um, Raheem Sterling got pelted in the week for... Um, in the Champions League he basically fell over his own feet it was quite mm-hmm. hilarious City got a penalty and Sterling got absolutely hammered for um, not owning up to the ref saying it wasn't a pen or like obviously not saying it wasn't a pen we don't know what he said to the referee but I assume he, ha- he has said or like he hasn't said to the referee or oh, I fell mm-hmm. over my own feet or whatever Bamba told explicitly told the referee that he hadn't taken his shirt off and so didn't get a yellow card. He came out in his interview after the game and explicitly said... Was the ref the, not paying any attention? Ref, right, there's four officials around the ground and none of them saw that he'd taken his Did shirt they off. just, like, not bother watching? I even thought, as I was watching him celebrate, there's, I think it's Camarasa has his shirt and he's hitting him on the head with his shirt. I was like, he's, I mean, like, you'll get a yellow card for this. And then I realised... No, he's he not didn't. been booked. He hasn't been booked. Not um, been booked. But the issue that I had was his post-match and the reaction to his post-match where people have said, oh, Sol Bamba is such a likeable guy. It's nice to have this in football. No, he was dishonest to the ref. Yeah. Like, Sterling's been hammered for it in the week and Bamba, like, I know it's a yellow card, but Damari Gray got a yellow card last week and had him, like, message for the lesser owner on it. <laughs> you can't, like, you have because if he gets five yellow cards now if he doesn't get five yellow cards now he gets four then he's going to miss mm-hmm. he's not going to miss his suspension which he should miss yeah yeah of course uh, I think it's something that we, we talk about quite a lot I feel like from all the way from us playing five aside on a Monday night or whatever there's just a little bit of a culture of dishonesty in football to 100%. try and gain an upper hand and like it's just so unnecessary especially like, at that stage you've just scored the winning goal Um. You're going to win two one. Just, just say, look, yeah, I took my shirt off, and and surely like that, that impression of him being like a genuine guy or whatever, that's going to be enhanced. Mm-hmm. But I just think the the reaction on social media to it, people saying, oh, he's such a likable guy, it's nice to have these guys in football. Like he was joking about it in his post match, but yeah. at the end of the day, well, it sums up the standard of refereeing across yeah. the weekend, I think. And ultimately, actually, that's not something that VAR would cover because it's no. not a red card offence no um, interesting on that Sterling thing just quickly on a tangent I was reading uh, a similar incident happened to Robbie Fowler and he actually told the ref that it wasn't yeah, a foul but the ref was like no I've given it so I can't go back on the decision well that's so. what I thought maybe Sterling had said something he didn't obviously like wag his finger or anything yeah. like that but you would like to I would like to think I like I've, I've said before like I'm a huge fan of Sterling I would hope that he'd said something at least to the referee post game saying I've I don't, like I fell over my own feet but I kicked the floor whatever he did but like he says dishonesty at the like at this current time the this the the stakes are so high that people aren't gonna 
admit to that. I mean, City went on to win 6-0, so it didn't really mm-hmm. matter in the end. Um, but back to the Cardiff game, uh, and I just want to explicitly talk about Sky for this. Um, and it's about the fact there's been there was a lot of talk on Saturday during the game that um, Sky had um, two females in the studio and one mm-hmm. male in the studio. Now, obviously, we're going to be careful about what we say here. Um, I just want to know. That make a change? Yeah. Well, <laughs> might have to edit this whole section yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. Delete. Cut from now. Um, I just want to know your sort of opinion on it. Um, um, I think it's a, a positive thing. It's not nice to see. Uh, I mean, yeah, I do have to be careful what I say, but maybe they chose their game quite well to do it on, maybe. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, Alex Scott is a uh, professional of huge experience, something like 140 England caps, and she's shown herself uh, in the summer at the World Cup and obviously into this season that she is a... Um, at the very least, a very competent pundit. That's probably not actually giving her enough credit. Yeah. Um, and then who was the presenter? Uh, was it um, Kelly Cates? Yeah, I think, I think Kelly so. Yeah. Um, and then they got Rossini. Why did... Oh, yeah. God, terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, he's the one I'm more annoyed about. Yeah, but he, he normally... I, I've listened to him on the, the debate show that they mm-hmm. do. He's at, to be fair, not most of the time he's, he's sound. Yeah, like yeah. he has some good points. Just not like, when it comes to slide tackles. Just no, he's just he, um, he absolutely let himself down on Saturday. I thought. I think so, something we spoke about briefly was: would you see a two-on-one ratio at a women's match? Would you see two males, two males, and one? Well, I don't think you would. No. <laughs> Every time I've watched uh, female like women's football on the BBC, I've seen. Or all female mm-hmm. lineup, which obviously isn't a problem. No, it's not a problem. Like I, I think it's really good for football that Alex Scott is doing more for Sky and Kelly Cates as well. Um, the issue that I have is that if they if they have no experience of the men's game, it's mm-hmm. a ve- it's very different to the, yeah, to, yeah. The, to the to the to the women's game. So if you balance it out and it is fifth, it is like. 50% men and I mean they normally have three pundits on Sky anyway I, I don't know why that, like three pundits and a presenter I don't know why they didn't do that anyway um, cuts cuts and also it was the gate I mean Cardiff versus Brighton how many viewers is it going to get really about three yeah exactly I th- we were two of them <laughs> they don't have electricity I think it's Cardiff. an interesting debate I'd like to hear other people's opinions on it I'm not saying it's a, yeah we're not, not hating we're not at hating all. at all no we're just, we're, I think do you think maybe something else they could do is maybe add female commentators? I like the female commentators because, on the BBC, you know. Yeah, because they always have uh, female commentary on the women's game. I can't remember if it's it's normally one-on-one. What do you mean? One male, one, one male, female? One female, yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I feel like a lot of the commentary team is like old white men. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, totally. Oh, yeah. So maybe that's something completely. that they could look at. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting debate. BBC have some good female commentators. <coughs> Please don't die on our podcast. No, like, that, that, yet, anyway. that wasn't a dying cough. <laughs> Wait till the end of the season, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I like some of the the BBC ones. Uh, I think, I mean, Robbie Savage talks about this all the time about like every time he does a commentary, he gets absolutely hammered for a commentary, and I think he gets drunk before he commentates. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> um, but no, he get he gets roasted on Twitter for it. Um, people saying his shit and and this and that. Uh, but it's different when I see women 
commentators getting roasted because it comes back to their gender every time. Yeah, so I think yeah. they I think they Sky have to handle it in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Because at the moment, if they put a female commentator in, it looks like it's a token. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like a bit on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll see, obviously we want to see more women talking about men's football because they have as much experience. That's why I like BT because, well, most of the time, apart from the statisticians, they're fucking useless. They had a nightmare on Saturday as well, so we'll talk about that later. Um, but they have um, like ex-England um, female internationals on their on their Saturday panel show, like on BT Sports Score and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's um, it's good to see, but I think we you need people with like experience of playing in that game in mm-hmm. the studio as well. Okay, big win for Cardiff. Huge I've, win I've for got Cardiff. Some, I've got something funny. Go on. Well. Uh, it was Patterson's third goal in four games so yeah. he's chipping in uh, Warnock's 100th game in charge oh yeah I saw that um, and when he took over they were second bottom of the championship so actually we sit here and slag him off he's done a pretty good job He uh, he's taken lots of teams out of the championship mm-hmm. but never finished a Premier League season he's always been sacked Yes. Or taking them down. He said something quite funny in his post-match press conference. He said, um, "Oh, the chairman will be looking at Europe. Well, maybe just for a holiday." Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. made me chuckle. That was the other funny thing was after Sol Bamba's interview. Um, he was like, "Oh yeah, I told the referee that I didn't take my shirt off." Literally a second later, is Neil Warnock going, "We're an honest team." <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> it's like the BBC have definitely cut that together. Yeah, so it was, yeah. Uh, it was really good. Uh, next up Leicester versus Burnley the mm-hmm. first of the three o'clock kickoffs that we'll talk about um, Burnley are the first team to stop Leicester from scoring a Premier League game this, in a Premier League game this season um, Leicester had been the only side to have scored in all of their 11 Premier League games this season so far interesting um, lovely tributes paid before the game yeah yeah really really well done but in truth we've, we've spoken a lot about the Leicester story over the last couple of weeks but in truth the game was terrible yeah it wasn't wasn't great I mean I thought on another day Leicester could have scored four yeah um, Vardy had a good chance yeah combination of sort of poor finishing some decent keeping as well and some goal line clearance desperate defence from Burnley I think that's a really important clean sheet for them oh yeah after the, the last few before weeks before the international break as well yeah because they've been shipping goals left right and centre and actually if they went on a losing run goal difference comes into it a lot so um, yeah, there was a penalty shout against Charlie Taylor, but I thought it hit his shoulder. Yeah. Um, I think to... it was just... I mean, I'm just looking at Vardy's stats now. He's he's only got three goals this season mm-hmm. in ten games, one assist. Um, is it time for... I know he's been dropped. He got dropped earlier on in the season. Mm-hmm. Is it time for Leicester to sort of go in a different direction, do you think, with their, um, their strike force? I think... They're playing a little bit differently to how they did under Ranieri and Shakespeare where they set up specifically on the counter-attack and now they're playing sort of more possession-based football. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a really exciting sort of trio behind him. They've got options Madison, 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 M- Madison. Gazal, um, uh, Demari Gray, Albrighton. Yeah. So they've got like really good options they've in behind. Good, they've got a good squad in general, I think. Yeah, um, I think he's probably sort of getting used to playing in that system obviously he's played a lot of 
lower league football and then it's mm. probably only about his fifth Premier League season fourth yeah, or fifth I think so yeah Premier League season since they came up um, and actually Ollie's going to hate me for saying this he's probably slightly overperformed in the last two or three years yeah I would and agree. I wouldn't say he's a 20 goals a season striker I'd say he's a 10 to 15 goals a season striker I'll be honest uh, I think Mares is probably made him look a bit more of a better player than he actually is yeah because you can't score without a good assist yeah although I, I do like Albrighton and, <coughs> and I do like the other players that have got I really like James Madison I think he's has he picked up an injury or something uh, well he's not been picked for England and he we'll didn't start yes on the weekend on Saturday yeah so I don't know he might have come off the bench I'm not sure I'm not sure I don't tend the, to track uh, the substitution graphics Pardon? I don't t- track the substitution graphics on match of the day. Um, Did you see as well that Morgan got booked for an absolutely perfectly timed slide tackle? No, I didn't see that. He took the ball, and obviously the Burnley player is sort of like running towards the ball, and Morgan takes the ball, and then the Burnley player obviously falls over Morgan because he's also running for the ball. There's a foul and a yellow card. Just uh, We'll get on to more refereeing decisions in the other games. But this weekend has said a lot about how poor the. I mean, how many times have you written what referee decisions? Nine there? incidents that VAR could have cleared could have cleared up it's in crazy, one Premier League weekend. It's crazy. There it's was like four crazy. in one game. I might have got a bit overboard with the one game where <laughs> there were like five because it was about two a.m. and I was <laughs> fed up of looking at a screen. <laughs> Um, yeah, it looks like Madison is uh, out for a few weeks. That would be why. With a, with a knee injury. Um, that would be why. It might even be longer than a few weeks, to be honest. Um, he picked it up in the in the Cardiff game, but it's looking like they're going to have to. They might have to get someone else in over the over uh, maybe in January to cover. I don't know how bad the injury is, but. I'm reading here that it's not it's not too not too great. Mm-hmm. Um, Burnley tightened up at the back. Um, much better performance yeah. from them. Um, I think that if they, I mean that was obviously like you said before, it's absolutely crucial that they got that before the international break because it'll give them some confidence going into that break. I don't know how many players they've got going away. Um, um, I don't think it's that many. It'll no. be like Goodmanson and and people like that but the core of the squad will be there yeah there's no no one to the England squad Tarkovsky didn't get picked I think no. he's injured though now isn't he hopefully <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting one at Burnley they play uh, they play us actually after the, after the break Monday Night Football um, it'll I be interesting be to see game. how they set up against us because I wouldn't be surprised to see um, five at the back mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if that's Dyke if that's Deitch um, if that's Deitch's uh, philosophy really we'll see we'll see it's an interesting one he's just like a dog in human form isn't he yeah it is he is scrappy well he's not scrappy do but <laughs> just scrappy let me at him <laughs> that was an awful impression <laughs> new uh, text tone for uh, listeners there um Alright, next up, we're going to go straight to it. Uh, Newcastle versus Bournemouth. Oh. It finished 2-1 to the Magpies. Get in! 
<laughs> um, Danny's quite happy about that, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, interesting fact about this game. Every Newcastle player was from a different country. Oh. All 11 players, all from different countries. How good's that? It's a great start, that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, Newcastle were brilliant. Did you hear that ring, then, from the room? Yeah, I think it's uh, this drum kit that's in here. Yeah. We're um, so cool, recording next to a drum kit. Uh, <laughs> This is the most musician thing ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Newcastle were, were brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to. We were. I was having a, co- a conversation with my cousin over the over the weekend, and I was trying to think of a player that played badly. I watched the game. I really liked the team selection. I think Key and Shelby. Was it Key and Shelby? No, it was Key and, Key and Shelby's, Shelby's injured. Um, I think Key has a similar passing range to Shelby. Actually, he's maybe not as creative with what he does mm-hmm. but um, certainly for the second goal that cr- crossfield pass he played was oh quality and Kennedy's touch was shit but then he absolutely sorted Rondon up yeah um key for me uh he pushes the team forward that's the first mm-hmm. thing but also one interesting thing I think about key and I noticed it on the second goal was that in comparison to Shelby, he's, he's got a similar passing ability, but in comparison to Shelby, what he does is he fires the ball, whereas Shelby sort of floats it, and I think yeah. sometimes that floated ball is needed, mm-hmm. because but a lot of the time it, the defenders then have time to think about what they're going to be doing, whereas with Keys, he just absolutely hammered it at Kennedy. Do you think uh, when Shelby's fit, they could make a potent midfield pairing? Well, I think I said last week that they they had their best... I think Shelby had his most creative season at Swansea with Key next mm-hmm. to him. Um, I think Diame is crucial to the way that, okay. he, that we play. Do you think Diame... I think it's one or the other. Do you think Diame could play in that number 10 role that Perez no. takes up or not? No. no. Okay. The only, the, he, he's... We tried him there in the championship season, shit. Tried him there at the start of last season, shit. As soon as we moved him into defensive midfield, he's 31 now, you've got to remember. Mm-hmm. He's not the same player as he was for West Ham or Hull. He played for Wigan as well, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's not the same player as he was back then, so you've got to sort of. He is a player that has adapted his game, and he is good, like, ball winning midfielder now. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say, though. Is that I would like to see Key and Shelby start together, but it would have to be the right game. You'd have to be playing yeah. the Huddersfield. Or yeah, Brighton. yeah. But I, I really like the Key Diame partnership. Um, but for me, player of the match on Saturday was Rondon. Yeah, um, got to agree. You know, he touched the ball the most <coughs> of any Newcastle player. Doesn't surprise me. He was everywhere, and also, I think that was the most complete striker performance that we've seen for Newcastle since Denver Bar so you're talking mm-hmm. like five six years yeah it's been a while he was he was just awesome like the the two goals uh, the first one he probably should have put away first time but he was there slotted it in confidence boost the header was oh. Shearer-esque yeah Shearer said on match of the day he was running around his living room with his yeah. arm out if, Na- if Nathan Ake defends like that he'll never get his England call if Nathan Ake was <laughs> English <laughs> Um, the one controversial refereeing talking point was the uh, at 
2-0 I think it was it was um, at 1-0 the penalty oh, was it one shout, nil, the penalty yeah. shout uh, Fernandez on Brooks what did you think um, I think it is a foul mm-hmm. I think it's a clumsy tackle but there wasn't really an appeal and I'm, I don't know what the ruling is on that because in cricket if you don't appeal it can't be given out well, I think that's the. Uh, but obviously, in football, you don't necessarily appeal for a foul. But Brooks didn't. He clearly wasn't that enamoured about the penalty because he just went down and held his ankle, but made no. Yeah, I I think it was a penalty. Um, my only thing is that he's going nowhere, so I think that's maybe why the the decision hasn't been given because he's not actually in control of the ball. He. It was going away from goal, so I think that's probably why it wasn't given. I'm not saying that's right. I, I, th- I probably think you it don't really care. At the I don't really give a shit. No, but um, I think it's a. Uh, it was a clumsy challenge. Uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you've seen them given, you've seen them. Uh, yeah, uh, you see, you've seen them not being being given at the it's weekend. It's the ref's problem, isn't it? Um, I think um, <coughs> both keepers had. Great games. Oh, yeah. They could both be at top six clubs. You know what? They were. Um, there was a, a two-minute period where we were up uh, our end, and uh, I can't remember who headed it. Oh, it was. Um, it was a centre half. Fabian Shea, I think. No, no, it was. Um, was it Fernandez? As in when Begovic made that save. Yeah. I think it was Callum Wilson that nearly headed it into his own goal. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and he tipped it over. And then a minute later, pretty much exactly the same save Dubravka made, tipped it over the bar. Um, I was looking at some stats. And then they scored from the corner. The Newcastle's back five on Saturday cost 19.5 million. Bargain. And people are slagging Rafa Benitez off. Eighth best defence in the league, 19.5 million. Yeah. Can you believe it? Um, can you believe as well that Newcastle are in 14th place? The lofty heights. I can't. Fourteenth. I, I couldn't place. believe it. I was looking at the league and I was like, like I flicked it on and I was like, we're going to be like seventeenth or something. Goal difference, man. You'll be in Europe soon. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I'll goal be difference. Go to Madrid soon. Uh, um, yeah. Just to sum that up, Newcastle were fucking awesome on Bournemouth. Um, they people are saying Bournemouth played badly on Saturday. I think we made them look bad. I think they played quite well, to be honest. Yeah. They had quite a few chances, well not quite a few, but they had some, they were a bit wasteful, they had some openings, Jordan Ibe in particular put one over the bar in a one-on-one situation, you'd put that down to good keeping though, because he's clearly kept himself big. Four million quid, I'll say it every week. Yeah, quality. Until he he tells me that he's shit. You worried about losing him in January? No, not at all. I think he's one that just sneaks under the radar, or bigger clubs are sort of too proud to come and get him. Uh, he's 29 mm-hmm. that's my first thing how many the question I'll ask is how many of the top six clubs would sign him where he would get game time yeah none would he get in ahead of De Gea no um, Ariza Balaga learn how to say his name or Kepa um, Ariza Balaga <laughs> uh, Leno at the moment Leno had a mm-hmm. quality game we'll get onto that Um who else is up? Who else is up there? Um, Allison. No, he's not going to yeah, get into no. any of these teams. So, if he wants to play regular football, he stays where he is. And also, we we've given him his chance in the Premier League, and he's quite. He seems like quite a loyal, um, like a loyal player. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm quite happy that no, I don't think anyone's going to come in for him. Don't think he'd go abroad again either. He's, I think he's happy where he is. You agree? Yeah. Um, all right. Huddersfield versus West Ham. Uh, I haven't really got a lot to say on this game. I hope you've got some stuff to say because I've got written down. Fucking bored by the time. I got um, to this. Huddersfield have hit the woodwork more than any other team in the league this season. And it was their first goal at home for 726 minutes. Wow. Another Felipe Anderson goal. Yeah, it's third in his last two games. How important is Felipe Anderson becoming? Yeah, I think he's their, he's their X factor at the moment, sort of. He's more X factor than Arnautovic in terms of I think he's more he's more he's got more flair. That's the word I'm looking for. Arnautovic is like their their focal point. Yeah. He's a like big man, but uh, I think Felipe Anderson complements that really well because he's a bit of bit of trickery, bit of unpredictability. He's probably going to go missing for the next ten games. Um, yeah. At the moment, he's looking like a, a good signing, an astute signing. Uh, that um, three of Yarmolenko, Arnautovic, and uh, Felipe Anderson have eleven goals between them this season. Obviously, Yarmolenko is going to be off quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can obviously score goals. Yeah, it's about and Chikorito off the bench as well. Yeah, I think Huddersfield uh, were unlucky on Saturday. Yeah, they. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Great finish from Pritchard. Yeah, and Longford Billing had a couple of good opportunities as yeah, well. He's, he's hit tall, the isn't he? Yeah, he's massive, Big. and he's got a fucking hell of a shot on him as well. Yeah, great. Like he's he hit the bar last week, I think, from a little worldy strike, and then I think he hit the post this week. Was that from that cross that someone yeah, crossed yeah, it yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. That reminded me of an Olivier Bernard goal against Man United. I don't know if you remember that one. Uh, I, I think remember. it was in a 6-2 loss. So you probably uh, tried to... Probably uh, wiped it from my w- memory. Wiped it. I still think Fabianski's won the signings of the season. So there was a lot of talk about that Pritchard goal. Um, and especially on BT, they were talking about... He, he sh- it felt like he thought it was going wide and he didn't go for it. What did you think about... Uh, I think he's just been caught out because the way Pritchard's running, it doesn't look like he's going to shoot and he just sort of like stabs at it it's interesting it's... because Pritchard it feels like Pritchard's waited for the defender to stick a leg out mm-hmm. because if he hits it and it comes off the defender like it just skims off the defender it's going to go in like probably like 7 out of 10 times mm-hmm. so what he's done is he's just waited for him to stick his leg out put it, put it through his legs and Fabianski is caught out just caught out yeah I think he's I think I would definitely agree he's probably I don't think he thought it was going wide. I just think he's been caught out by a clever bit of play. Yeah, agree. And I, and I think he is definitely up there in terms of sign of the season. He's performed really, really well for West Ham this season so mm-hmm. far. Yes. Anything else to say on that game? It was fairly uh, bread and butter yeah. draw, wasn't it, really? Um, West Ham are getting sucked in, though. To that. Um, well, they lost the first four games, so I'd argue they were probably down there anyway. Yeah. But they're getting. They had a good. They've had a good like couple of games. Where are they recently? Uh, I think they're. I think they're in thirteenth, but they're not. Um, not pulling away. No, yeah, they're in thirteenth. They they're on twelve points. They've lost six games. Mm-hmm. One three drawn three. Um, I'm not saying they're going to be down there. They spent a lot of money. But um, they've got enough goals in their team to not have to worry. I think. Yeah. Um, Southampton versus Watford next. 
This is it finished one all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all I'm gonna say is Park Life. I don't know if you've seen the the video of this. No, no. I'll retweet it on Jaffpod later. Um there's only one place to start really, and that's uh, the Charlie Austin rant at the end of the game. Do you see his eye? Yeah, I know. What happened? Yeah, there? I was like Oof. He was so angry that he popped a blood vessel in his eye as well. Yeah. Go on then, talk to me about Charlie Austin. I sympathise with him because it was a shocking decision. Like, sh- the only thing I can think of is that they think that Yoshida's either headed it or has gotten in the way of the keeper and sort of obstructed his line of vision. But, I mean, if you're Charlie... I think as well, they took so long to come to this decision. It wasn't like yeah. the ball went in and they disallowed the goal. Like Austin was off celebrating. He was like halfway down the pitch and there was like the commentators didn't clock on for <laughs> ages. Um and I completely completely understand where he's come from. Like he seems like quite an wears his heart on his sleeve, Charlie Austin. The bit of the sleeve that's not covered in tattoos anyway. <laughs> um and then obviously Watford have gone up the other end and got an equaliser and they've cost them but then equally there was a penalty incident that definitely should have been a penalty and probably was going to be a second yellow card for Ryan Bertrand if that was that, given that was my issue with his rant um, I, I completely agree the goal should have stood um, another horrendous refereeing decision they, say, they said that they thought that um Yoshida had headed the ball. Yeah, that he touched the ball. He's, but good, it's, he's a good meter away. Yeah, he's a good like two yards away. Um, <coughs> I can't believe again none of the officials have seen that. It's the part of his rant that I can justify is that they need to give the officials all the help they can get. Yeah, but my my, my issue with his rant was if you're going to go out and rant about the referees after the game and you're going to say it was definite goal, we should have had three points. You've got to remember the stuff that went against your team equally uh, probably not team, close enough to the penalty to be able to make his own mind up about it <sighs> and then I think yeah. Mark, Mark Hughes said the uh, uh, that the Southampton keeper could have saved their penalty if it was given <laughs> shoulda woulda coulda I, ju- I just think that it was a stonewall penalty mm-hmm. Bertrand should have gone changes the game makes it one if he scores the penalty yeah. if he scores the penalty one makes all, it one all and then Southampton down to ten men Exactly. Watford go on maybe to win the game. Um, I think in part Southampton were unlucky, but lucky at the same time. And I think one-one was probably a justified result. Yeah, at yeah. The end of that um, was uh, Southampton's nine hundredth Premier League goal. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> the um, one that counted. I want to not- ask you a question. You know, Holibas. Yeah. He scored at the weekend, didn't he? Why does he have Cholivas on his shirt? Cholivas. Yeah, have you noticed that? So it's got a C at the front and then a V instead of a B. Yeah. Maybe that's how you spell it in his native tongue. But then I've seen it written as Holibas. That might be in English. Where's he from? Like Colombia or something. Somewhere South American. It just seems like a bit of a funny thing to do yeah I'm very much from the school of you get your surname on the back yeah you exactly you, yeah. Don't, you don't get unless you're Brazilian yeah. then you can have whatever you want on because yeah. nobody's got enough money to pay for Ronaldinho Gaucho blah 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 blah, 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 blah. yeah, yeah. Um, another interesting game the Southampton one uh, another refereeing decision that two refereeing decisions two refereeing decisions that have that could be cleared up by VAR very very easily 
Saints haven't won at home yet either. No, it's this season six games. How first long? time ever. They've, they backed Marquis. They said he'll be mm-hmm. in charge for the game after the break. Uh, how long? Is he well, I said three for? months, didn't I? A couple of weeks ago. Um, they don't play bad football though. They they play quite good football. They just concede silly goals. Yeah. Well, Austin hasn't scored this season. Redmond hasn't even got an assist this season, and they they conceding. He needs to tighten up that back yeah, four. He needs to tighten um, up that back four. A review into the club's footballing operations has started this week, and for me, that just seems a bit odd. It's a football club. Yeah. Surely the football operations are the, the the pillar which it's built around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I wish I could have recorded your face then. I, we should have. Yeah. We should post oh, gifs of Josh's reaction. Just imagine, me. like, yeah, rolling eyes and. <laughs> yeah. um, <coughs> all right then. The late kickoff on Saturday was Crystal Palace versus Spurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tottenham have won one nil in each of their last five Premier League meetings with Crystal Palace. The longest run of consecutive identical results between two sides in the history of the Premier League. Well, against a team that can't score, that's a pretty handy result. So. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, no Zaha in I've, the squad. I've written here, no Zaha, no win, question mark. Yeah. Well, now we, lost the last 13 Premier League games without him. It's mental, that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he's so cr- crucial to that, uh, to that Palace team. However, they're finishing on Saturday... Left a lot to be desired. Yeah, Soloth should have made it one one all. But he's not um, even he's not even looked at the goal. So they started with Townsend and Ayu <coughs> up front. Mm-hmm. Do you think if you're stood in the tunnel and you see Jordan Ayu and Andros Townsend, Andros Townsend on the wing, maybe? Yeah, well, Andros but Andros Townsend and Ayu as well, isn't he? Yeah, I think I think so. Well, mm. where does he play? Because he doesn't score goals. Yeah. Um, if you see them two lining up against you, do you? As a defender, does that like instill fear? No, I don't think so. Not at all. Not for me. Um, if you're lining up against a Roy Hodgson coach team, you're not gonna have. You know, they have some really good players in that side. You can you can tell they're really well coached. I just think what Hodgson lacks, and it was the same when he managed England. He's a really good coach, but he he's not able to inspire his players. Yeah. To produce that sort of moment of quality, that he is a boring bastard, isn't he? Yeah. Like in his post-match, uh, oh, yeah, it's like a pigeon. He's an owl. That was an owl. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I meant. <laughs> a pigeon. <laughs> I've not. I've not. I've not had much sleep. Roy Hodgson, the the pigeon, the um, the, the hooting pigeon. Yeah. Uh, Foyth got a goal instead of giving away penalties. He redeemed. scored. He, redeemed. he still looks yeah. a bit shake, a bit nervous at the. You know back. what? He had. Um, his his progression through the game was probably the uh, I would say probably just like the most I've seen a player advance in ninety minutes. Well, he's, for he's learning on the job, isn't he? Yeah, he. Um, I mean, he's been at Spurs for eighteen months. He shouldn't be learning on the job. Well, it's his, I mean, it's his, like it's his first two Premier League yeah. games. He's got yeah. terrible bum fluff. Yeah, he's got horrific bum Looks fluff. Like you. <laughs> Mine's not horrific. It's awful. <laughs> At least you're honest. Um, um, yeah, he. Um, at least mine grows evenly. <laughs> yeah, he's he. He's only he's 21, isn't he? Yeah, a couple God. of years younger than us. That so, depresses uh, me. Yeah, um, I know. Depresses me so much. Um, he. Um, yeah. So at the start of the game, he was misplaced passes everywhere. He was. I like that Pochettino kept him in. Mm-hmm. I think it was the right decision because if he dropped him, confidence gone. Never see him again. 
Um, I think, but what he did was, he was like, maybe like half an hour in, because he passed the ball back to whoever was playing goal. Like, was it Louis? went straight it out. went straight out. But at one point, he was like, oh, fuck this. I'm just going to do what I do best. And he started pinging some beautiful balls over to like Son and uh, whoever was playing out on the wings, Lamella, I think, was was out there. Um, and you know what? He looked he looked really good mm-hmm. with the ball at his feet. His, defensively, he's a bit shit. He's quite lightweight, shit. isn't he, for a centre-half? Yeah, he's, he's big, he's tall, but he's like quite... A bit of a beanpole. But yeah. you know, they'll, they'll get him in the gym. <laughs> yeah. Well, if he does like a like a Ronaldo transformation or maybe he's just going to be Peter Crouch forever yeah um, do Palace need to invest in a striker in, in January yes I mean the lack of goals isn't for lack of trying it's just for ineptitude in front of goal yeah. I think Hodgson said in his post match it was like Groundhog Day yeah um, do, and, and for Spurs in terms of uh, January which is not too far away uh, where do where do you think they need to invest? If they need to invest, obviously they didn't do anything. In if the they summer. keep the players fit, they don't need to invest. But it's a very dangerous game to play. So that's a very dangerous game to play. Um, couple of additions, I think. Centre midfielder for me. So yeah, centre mid. Centre mid, and I should uh, think that, um, I think they Lashaga. should look at trying to get Ramsey for next season. I don't think he'd go there. No, but. I think that would be a good sign. I think they should try and sign um, Icardi from Inter. Mm-hmm. Give Harry Kane someone that's going to... I mean, he, Kane hasn't been in pulling up any trees this season, really. No, he played, played all right on Saturday. Not banging him in, though. No. He always has a quiet start to the season, though, doesn't he? Yeah. But it's he's interesting still, because is, is, is Icardi, someone like Icardi anyway, going to go to... Uh, going to go to Spurs and think because how much money be is Icardi probably on well I, I don't I don't, don't know, know if he's on. beyond them well I, I think for Spurs if they even if they just bought one striker with a fuckload of money yeah I think then Kane's got the ability to play off a centre forward as well because he's he's a clever enough footballer to play in that role as well so it's not yeah. like oh, Icardi's on the pitch Kane can't be on the pitch yeah Different strikers, yeah, uh, and I think that's what Spurs needs mm-hmm. a, a different option. Uh, on to Sunday, then uh, Liverpool played Fulham uh, before Saturday. Klopp had only won seven out of 20 games versus teams in the bottom three. It's interesting, interesting stuff. Um, fucking BT had a horrific moment where they put a graphic up of uh, like teams that have scored in the first half, and it was like Fulham. Uh, Crystal Palace Newcastle all on zero I, I forgot that we were 2-0 up in the first half against Man United but apart from that yeah didn't you score um, in the first half against Arsenal as well uh, against uh, away from home away from home it was uh, Man City yeah ah, okay uh, having said that Liverpool were unbeaten at home since April 2017 <coughs> in the Premier League it's impressive which is a long run it's impressive um a minute of madness in the first half. Apart from that, it was fairly dull first half. Fairly dull game in general, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, should uh, was Mitrovic offside? First yes, one? yes, I agree. His shoulder was offside, and you can score with your shoulder. Although it's odd, isn't it? Because what is the law? Like I 
just assumed maybe naively from a young age it was where your feet are planted because that would make most sense to me yeah and and also I felt sorry because Robert it's Robert Robertson's trailing leg Robert Robert, Robert, Robert. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I turned into a frog there um, it was Robertson's trailing leg that was keeping him on side and he wasn't he, there was no weight on that foot so that's that's unfortunate, but I definitely agree it was offside. However, should the Liverpool goal have stood? No, because the ball... This annoys me, tangent, about fucking playing six aside on a Monday. The opposition never... One, put the ball on the fucking line for a uh-huh. kick-in. There was one point where it was about this far in field. <laughs> for, for the listeners, I'm holding a distance of about a metre with my hands. <laughs> and the ball's never stationary either. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, it shouldn't shouldn't have counted. And again, that's sort of, that's a VA, something that VAR would clean up. But then, would they have even gone and looked at that? They should have. They should have done, but would they have even gone and looked at it? Well, that's the question, isn't it? And that's the thing of, uh, does the referee refer VAR or does... I think they could call him up on it because there were instances in the World Cup where they like stopped the game and went back to look yeah I I think that would have to be something that was looked at Mm -hmm. it would have to be because it's obvious it's it's an obvious error I mean the referee is trying to look at it but I think it's um, Alfie Mawson stood in his way he's trying to look but if when you watch it when you watch it close up it's it's such an obvious error the ball is moving I mean great idea for, for, for him to play off Salah um, and Salah to go through and score off that um, it's like the perfect time what was um, I can't remember who was playing at the back for for Fulham uh, a different back five again yes um, well they played he, four with Chambers in midfield try to play him offside and yeah that's a weird one man yeah I just think he needs to it's a bit stick or twist at the moment isn't it how, um, how long will he how long will uh how long will he last? I would try and say his name, but Jokanovic. Yeah. Um, I think the next two or three games are really important. If they lose all three of those, I think he's gone. Um, let me just get up and. and I think the next games, the game after the next games, Chelsea. Yeah, and they've got Man United and stuff in the next couple of games. Next game, Southampton at home. Yeah, crucial. Got to win, must win. Whoever loses that game will get sacked. Oh, okay. I think sticking your neck out on it. Yeah, uh, and then they've got Chelsea, Leicester, Man United, West Ham, Newcastle, <coughs> uh, Wolves, and then Huddersfield to finish the year. They've conceded eighteen in the last six games. Mate, it's the worst defense. Uh, I think at the start of any Premier League season, thirty-two ever. and twelve. It's not good. Not that, good there. Do you see Chambers' tackle? By the way, which one? Where he's like on Salah. No, I don't think so. Over the top of the ball, studs into his ankle. They didn't even look at it on match of the day. Really? Absolute stonewall red card. Oh, really? Yeah, studs on his ankle. Must have missed that. Yeah. Fucking red card. (laughs) That's something else VAR would have. Um, Liverpool. Oh, one more thing on this game before we move on to Liverpool. Uh, Fulham uh, were in the game. On Fulham. Fulham Fulham were in the game until the goal. Mm Hmm. Um. Do you think if that goal hadn't been given, the the result would have been different? Or do you Maybe. think that Liverpool were... Great finish by Shaqiri for the second goal. Yeah, I've written Tekkers. Yeah. The ball's like come like out of the air. It, it looks like it. quite an easy sh- quite an easy like finish, but if you've played, if you've ever yeah. like kicked a football in your life, you'll know that like the ball coming over like that to just brush it into the goal. 
brilliant finish. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that the result could have been different? Potentially, yeah, but I think Liverpool got too much going forward for Fulham's inept defence. Uh, Liverpool aren't playing too well at the moment necessarily, no. but are picking up results, yeah. which is what title contenders do. Um, they lost in the Champions League last week mm-hmm. while we were on air. Um, <laughs> on air? Yeah. Uh, do you think it'll benefit them going out of the Champions League? Yeah, I think it would, but I don't think they will. Uh, I think PSG went top of the group. Yeah. They need um, to win both their last two games, really. They do. Uh, sorry, Napoli went top of the group. Um, Napoli are on six points. Liverpool are on six. PSG are on five, and uh, Red Star are on four now. So that that group, like we said open. last week, is is wide open. Um, the PSG have got a good better goal difference than them all. So it's, Liverpool have got a tough away to PSG and then home against Napoli. Yeah, everyone's beating each other. Or the other way around, I think. Everyone's beating each other. So. Yeah. It's like, who is going to go through? The one thing that Napoli have done is they haven't lost a game yet. Mm-hmm. So I think that plays it for their advantage. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's an interesting one. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they get on. Because if they drop into the Europa League, title chances yeah, are gone. Yeah, title gone. Uh, Fulham have only picked up one point away from home all season as well. It's worrying. Yeah. Worrying for a team that spent over £100 million. It shows... That you can spend a lot of money. a lot of money, but if you don't have the right manager, right tactics, they bought some shit defenders as well. Yeah, unproven young players. Alfie Mawson in a team that got relegated last season, not a bad defender, but needs players around him. Yeah, he doesn't have that at the moment. Chelsea versus versus Everton. Mm-hmm. How did Everton. this finish? I'm no, no. Down. Nil nil. Oh, it was obviously that good. Everton are the first team to prevent Chelsea scoring at home this season. Really? Yes. Uh, Everton are also winless in their last thirteen Premier League away games on a Sunday, drawn two, lost eleven Cray. since beating QPR in March twenty fifteen. Cray. It's a while, isn't it? Should Jorginho have had a red card? Absolutely. Yeah. Shock. <laughs> Should uh, uh, Marcus Alonso have had a red card? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Should Murata have had a penalty? Yeah, uh, which one? The first one where Mina pulls him down. Yeah, he's got his hand on his neck. Now, the debate is that... He's not actually done anything to make him to go down. But surely having your hand on someone's neck is foul play. But how many times have we seen players not go down and the penalty not being given? Alternatively, how many times have we seen players go down, uh, players not go down and the penalty be given? I would argue... I've probably seen it once well, there's that famous occasion 2002 World Cup group match where Michael Owen's getting fouled by an Argentina defender but he stays up and Kalina probably the best ref of all time yeah. said come on Michael you know I can't give it if you don't go down so next saying, time yeah. he went into the box he just fell over fresh air and he got a penalty really yeah. wow um, second Murata one Keane Um well, gave, was, offside. gave offside yeah I think that was a penalty yeah I agree it's interesting that if he wasn't offside le- either was he right. it, was, it was very tight he looked to me he looked level Can I, right let me ask you this question and it's always I've always wondered this so that instance the offside was given Keane fouls him it would have been a penalty if he hadn't been offside if the offside is given and Keane two-footed tackles Morata. Does Keane get a red card? And is it a free kick? 
I'd say he probably gets the red card, but I don't think you can reverse a decision. It's a, it's a interesting because I don't think I've ever seen that happen. But I can just imagine you sitting there with that mulling over. Yeah, I, I just find like hmm. that quite interesting because that if he two foots him in the box, even if it's offside, it should still be a penalty. Yeah. So I. But for me, it wasn't offside. Was it not? No, it looked level for me. But again, VAR clears that up. Yeah, it's uh, quite a. I mean, it's interesting the way that um, the the way that Chelsea, uh, the way that Everton set up. Um, mm-hmm. But also, uh, there was an incident with Rudiger. I don't know if you've seen this, uh, uh, Bernard. Yeah, there wasn't quite a conclusive enough camera angle on the highlights I've seen, but. Rudiger goes down very easily and, uh, uh, yeah it looked pathetic because Bernard's not actually tall enough to be able to nut him <laughs> yeah, in the face I thought that, yeah. the um, other thing was that Fabric. there's a video come out that I saw this morning of Fabregas so you know they when they get a free kick the referee mm-hmm. puts a spray down yeah. he actually picks the spray up and moves it a yard forward and then just puts it on the floor and then moves the ball forward do you think there should be some sort of like retrospective that's cheating yeah yeah I, there won't be retrospective action. No, there won't because there's not retrospective. Someone could get a red card or not not get a red card and have two-footed someone they wouldn't look at it. Yeah. It's a disgrace. The, it the, is. The, 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 those types of um, those types of decisions are a joke in yeah. the Premier League. Retrospective joke. action, for me, it works. It, it In other sports that I follow, it happens, it works, it stops yeah. people what cheating. Were you talking, what were you saying about rugby? To me the uh, it has to meet the red card threshold for it to be looked at after the game even if someone even if they've gotten another like a yellow card yeah if they've gotten a yellow card but it should have been given a red they'll look at it afterwards yeah. and you get like retrospectively banned and that's banned. the problem because even if it make, it's even if it makes the referee's mm-hmm. match report it can't be looked at yeah retrospectively and they the, the, the role is called a sighting commissioner so they watch the game Independently, with all the different camera angles, and just like, yeah, make a note of it. It's interesting. I think that should be brought in definitely. There's a lot of things that that other sports can learn from football. Okay. Yeah. But there is so much that football can learn from rugby. From I, I, I there are some things that will have to be adapted because football. I mean, you can't. There's not as many play natural the referee, stoppages. You can't play the the referee, the umpire's microphone out into a stadium of. 70,000 people can you imagine at a football match well so the, uh, the number four for the home side have uh, that would be horrendous yeah. that would be horrendous um, ok two leg this seemed weird to me bearing in mind you've got the Manchester derby which we'll talk about in a minute um, but they had two kickoffs at 4.30 mm-hmm. on Sunday which was weird uh, the, the first one we're going to talk about was Arsenal Wolves uh, finished one all Arsenal and Cardiff are the only two teams not to have been ahead at half time in any of their 12 Premier League fat matches so far this season you said to me on Sunday that Arsenal need to start better Maybe yeah not. they do I don't know if that's uh, I don't think it can be a coaching thing because every week he turns it round like during the game yeah um, and they're they've got a gritty nature to them and I wonder if that is the Emery effect personally I think that what they do is they save themselves when the opposition are weak mm-hmm. um, it sounds kind of 
I mean, we've seen I've seen Benitez do it before. He did it against Man City. Pardon me. Sat back for uh, seventy-five minutes and then went for it in the last fifteen. Uh, I think that's kind of what Arsenal do, and they they can because they've got players that can finish and the that can score. I think I saw a, a stat for um, Lacazette that. I think he's had 21 starts he's been involved in 19 goals mm-hmm. so like they can finish Aubameyang can finish got player of the month even though he started only one game uh, Love that. last month it's impressive yeah uh, nice. he was good and the game that he started the only goal he scored was the one where Lacazette handballed it to him which is uh, interesting but they can they can finish and, and they proved that again on Saturday Um but at the start, uh, it was uh, I think Shaka gave the ball away. Silly, silly pass. Yeah, no, he just let it go. I don't he because in the first half he was playing in the middle, and then second half they changed it and he went to left back. Mm-hmm. I think um, he just he let the ball go, and then the Wolves player just picked it up, which was a bit odd. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lovely bit of interplay by uh, by Wolves though. For yeah, the, for yeah. The goals. Great finish as well. Yeah. Um, Great finish. Again, though, they had lots of chances. Yeah, it's, I mean, we may as well just copy and paste what we say every week for, for Wolves. I think Len- next Leno was Arsenal's hero, though. You know what? Arsenal were the luckiest and unluckiest team on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, Leno was unreal. Couple of great saves. Sort of, um, <coughs> he's the reason, obviously, why Czech's not going to get back into the team. Undisputed number one? Uh, I wouldn't say undisputed, not yet. But at the moment? At the moment, yeah. Well, after that game, I think arguably we would have said the week before that he maybe didn't have the best of games. Mm-hmm. Um, but after Saturday, I don't think... The, the thing is with the goalkeeper, I think you have to keep them in the squad. You have to yeah. keep them in the side because otherwise that's like a damning indictment to them. Mm-hmm. If you drop them... I think the difference with Arsenal is they have two very good goalkeepers in there. So... Even if you put... Has Czech been playing Europa League? Um, well, he was injured. And then obviously he's got... I don't know, I didn't watch yeah. the game on Thursday. Um, I, th- I just think... Uh, yeah, he- he'll be in that side for a-, for a while now. He is Arsenal's number one now. And if he gets dropped, it's because he's made a howler. Or he's been sent off or he's got injured. Um, what do Arsenal need to do in the next few transfer windows? Then, if they- Obviously they're going to lose... Looks like they're going to lose Ramsey... Mistake in my opinion. Uh, yeah, definitely. He, he played well actually on um, Sunday. Uh, Centre halves. Yeah. I think they need a new left back. Yeah. I like Monreal and I like Kalasinac, but um, Bellerin on the right hand side, they need someone to counter that. Yeah. I don't think he's ever played in defence. <laughs> he starts at right back every week and I don't think he's ever played there. Um, Reminds me of last night. Um, but we talk about Arsenal a lot and they've made some interesting transfer dealings uh, over the last couple of years. What I would say is that they're going to go left field, I think, and buy Young. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to buy someone that is not necessarily going to walk into that team because, I mean, Monreal is like... I would say is their, their go-to left back but someone who's going to learn from Monreal they've got Kalasanac in there another experienced player now it's about getting someone young in or, or, or bringing someone through the youth system yeah. that's going to play in that position but they need to be more defensive mm-hmm. than Bellerin is 
it's going to allow them to go maybe slip into a back three when they're defending and it's going to stop goals like what happened on Saturday yeah because I mean they were just left short basically mm-hmm. as soon as uh, I think it was I can't remember who was on the right hand side but as soon as Cavaliero got in the middle there's no one there I really like Rob Holden though yeah He's yeah into his Bolton own. legend yeah classic um, alright the big game of the weekend was the final game uh, it was Man City versus Man United finished 3-1 to Man City I've got a question for you mm-hmm. Anthony Martial is just the fifth French player to score in five consecutive Premier League appearances who were the others? Henri yeah he did it three times Nasri nope Will Todd nope when you say did it three you're not times. far away with Will Todd though you're talking like right era of Arsenal this player was Viera, young this no. player was young this player was young Young and French. Yeah. Petit? Striker. Striker. Will Went on to play for Man City Wiltor, and right. Chelsea. Oh, Nelka. Yeah. How many have I got to get? Two more. Two more. Man United legend. Oh, Cantona. Yeah. And uh, Arsenal and Chelsea striker. Makes for great listening while Josh thinks hmm. about. Well, I think about it. Arsenal and started Chelsea. up front in every World Cup match for France this year. Yeah. Oh, Giroud. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have gone for him. Would you not? Not in a month of Sundays. <laughs> um, City were awesome. It yeah. just shows the huge gap between the two teams. Um, when City scored on twelve minutes, United had completed. How many passes? Six. Nine. Nine. Yeah. Oh, that that is contrary. Is that a contra- to contradiction? My, to yeah. my research, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was either nine or six. You, I think you've been looking at it upside down. Or oh. I have. Um, when City went 1-0 up, uh, I've written City had completed 96 and United just six. Yeah, I think it was 96 and nine, okay. possibly. Um, I was listening to Jermaine Genus. So oh well, I'm have definitely to, right then. That'll have to fall <laughs> at his feet. Um, the importance of David Silva and Bernardo Silva. Yeah, discuss. Uh, they're showing that even if De Bruyne was out for the whole season, they could cope. Well, that was interesting because um, before the game, obviously, we saw that Pogba wasn't going to be playing, <coughs> and. Uh, so Man United fans were like oh we're missing our best midfielder blah, 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 blah. so City yeah um, and it just shows however Marouane Fellaini I thought had a brilliant game okay. I thought he was really good as I've said before on this podcast and to many people in the past Marouane Fellaini is not a great footballer as a footballer yeah. he's not a good footballer but as would you have him in pretty much every squad in the league yeah yeah because he does a job. Do you not think he looks a bit like Beyonce with his hair? I don't think he looks anything like Beyonce. His hair looks a bit like Beyonce's hair. Do you not think that? No. The sort of like dyed afro uh, vibes. No. I, I, I was I not saying that Fellaini <laughs> looks like Beyonce. That I mean, if I went to see Beyonce and Fellaini came out, I'd be a bit annoyed. Just a little bit. But I thought you'd have him in every squad in the league. I wouldn't have him on stage at a gig, though. Yeah. <laughs> at the same, I wouldn't have I reckon Beyonce he'd, I reckon in... he'd do his job pretty well, yeah. though. He would try his best. Uh, but uh, in the same way that I probably wouldn't have Beyonce playing in centre midfield for Man United. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Might improve them. 
it would improve Nemanja Matic who I want to talk about uh, a little bit uh, he is a player that probably was well was not probably he was key when Mourinho was at Chelsea Mourinho's yeah. last season at Chelsea uh, last full season at Chelsea when they won the title do you think he's a bit past it he's not had a great season so far yeah it's just the whole sort of balance of their midfield's just been a bit bit off I don't see Herrera as a holding midfield player he's not got enough physicality to his game there's gave, talk that Herrera is going to be available for four million in January. He gave the ball away lots. He's never really cut the mustard at United for me. Who Herrera? Herrera. He's had moments of he's had moments of brilliance. He's had moments of absolute idiocy as well. Yeah. He's got a couple of red cards for. I, awful I would challenges. have. Um, like I say, there's talk of him being available in January for four million. Mm-hmm. I take him at Newcastle every day of the week. Yeah. Um, um, not instead of anyone, but in addition they've to. They've never replaced Carrick. They've not got no. a player of his. I, I think they're trying to make Herrera into what Carrick was, but that's never. just not his game. Um, I think the other thing is that, like, when you say that, is the reason that Pogba is playing in that defensive midfield role because they haven't got anyone to play in there. I would argue that maybe Fellaini is the closest thing that they have. He played that that role on on Sunday. Um, there was one particular moment where City were just firing balls into the box. This was just after they'd scored. I think every ball was on Fellaini's head. Every ball was away. Um, somebody would give it away. City got another cross in. Fellaini gets it out. Lands to a Man United yeah. player. Lose it again. City cross it in. Fellaini out again. It was really like. For me, it was like an accomplished display by him. Matic was just nowhere to be found. Yeah, and, he's, and he's been like that over the last couple of weeks. He's made silly errors. Uh, I think partly down to the fact that... I think he's a bit... He was so important. Not last not last season, season before. The season that he went to United, he was, he was superb. Yeah. But I think maybe it's time for them to invest in that position anyway. <sighs> Yeah, because Pogba is not a defensive midfield player. You'd argue as well. All three of City's goals were sort of avoidable from a United point of view. The second goal, forty-four passes. I think it the was. third goal. Third goal, forty-four passes leading. Forty-four up to passes, it. but again, Matic has just let Gundogan go. Yeah, go off his back. Um, Mourinho saying afterwards, oh, it's mental and physical fatigue. Oh, no, no, nowhere. I feel as well like Mourinho's go-to tactic is containment. Yeah. Especially does he not, does, has he not watched Man City obliterate every team that tries to contain them? Yeah. Pop Newcastle. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, where does he go from here then? Because he's he's obviously he's got a, a defence that he doesn't really trust. He, he, we know that he wants to bring in someone. I, I've written a back four down here that I think would be not overly unaffordable for them. Okay, what, f- full back four, including no. players that they've got? Three defenders plus one they've already got. Okay, I assume Luke Short left back? Luke Short left back. Yeah. Pavard at right back. Yeah. Plays for Stuttgart. They won't be able to demand an outrageous transfer fee because they're not a top team. Yeah. They were French, uh, German second division two years ago. Yeah. Uh, Maybe, is, he not, is he not on loan there? No. Oh. And I've written down Toby Alderweireld. Expensive. Expensive. But not 
but not because of his age, not not overly not over expensive. No. And then I've written Maguire to compliment Alderweireld. Expensive, but not that expensive in I terms would say of you wages. Can get, you can get Pavard for fifteen twenty million. Alderweireld fifty. Maguire eighty. Yeah, but. But bear in mind the the amount of money that they've spent in previous years. That is not a lot of money. I think that back four would sort them right out, personally. And that was just names that I wrote down on a whim. Lindelof has won the Swedish player of the year. Yeah, Lindelof could fit in there next to Alderweireld. I like Lindelof, you know. Yeah. He's another one of those players, similar to De Gea, when De Gea came, he was like young, took him a bit of time to adapt, but I think he can be a good, he's not a leader, he needs a leader next to him, yeah. he needs a Maguire or a Alderweireld next to him, but in terms of like being a good player, I think once he's like fully adapted and got a bit of game time under him and he's not playing next to Chris Smalling, then he'll, I think he'll oh, be a, a good player. He's shocking, isn't he? <laughs> I think every week we mention how shit Chris Marlin is. And, like, Mourinho complains, but how many managers would love to be able to bring Mata Sanchez and Lukaku off the bench? I know. I know. Crazy. Crazy. The money, and, and, and just in those players, if you think about, obviously they got Sanchez in a swap deal, but if you think about how much they would have had to pay for Sanchez at that time, he was playing so well for Arsenal. You're talking, like, 80, 90 million? just, like looks bereft of inspiration he was walking in defence yeah the third goal poor I've got some stats for you go on love a stat some stats United are 12 points behind City after 12 games Uh, obviously we've covered the amount of attempted passes at 1-0 up yeah Uh, City's third goal is the third most passes for a goal since 2009 okay who the other other two Uh, Spurs and Man United okay uh, and United now have negative goal difference. Yeah, it's interesting. They're closer to Cardiff than they are um, Man City. The last time that happened at the equivalent stage of a season was? Uh, 1978. Close, seven. Oh, not far. I was talking Close. about the uh, end of the season. Uh, <laughs> um the one last thing I want to talk about is that right at the end of the game, Raheem Sterling uh, started a little bit of showboating in front. One Matt, I didn't like it very yeah. much at all. I thought Fellaini was going to come and deck him. Um, how do you feel about like that sort of stuff? Just think it's unnecessary and twattish. I see. I don't mind it. Uh, yeah, but but at saying that, I think if it was like stepovers I've ever seen, yeah, yeah it was funny mincing um, down the touchline. <laughs> he, he was like, um, I having said that, if that had been Pogba, also Martial told Pogba how to do a fucking run up at the weekend. Great yeah. penalty. Um, but if that had been Pogba, I think I would have been absolutely hammering him. But um, I don't think the the game's lost. Mm-hmm. They're in the corner. What's he going to do? Just yeah. go in and deck him. Yeah. Just go in and deck him. Um, all right then. So, a couple of things to take care of before uh, we finish off. Um, the England squad was announced this week. A couple mm-hmm. of huge... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Huge people left out. Emissions. Emissions. That's the, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, what, do you th- what do we think? Um... Glad Callum Wilson's in. Yeah. Um, we're short at centre half. Keane and Dunk are the backup centre halves. Yeah. Um, 
we've got lots of options going forward lots yeah, of options looking Kane, Rashford, Rooney well, Kane, Rashford, Sancho, Sterling, Welbeck Welbeck's, Welbeck's pulled out because he's injured um, it's going to be out for a while looks nasty that did you yeah. see the tackle? no Oh, it's grim. Was I'll it a red you, card tackle I'll or was show it just... you still photo later? Oh, no, it wasn't. It he just fell awkwardly. I think <coughs> nasty. Um, uh, I implore Gareth Southgate to play the team that's going to start against Croatia in the first half against the USA because we've not been playing in that system for very long, and I think it would be good to give them forty-five minutes together. And uh, I've, I've won, ri- but <laughs> I've written that team down as being. Pickford, yeah. Walker, Stones, Gomez, Chilwell, yeah. Hendo, Winks, Barkley. Just based on the other two games we played in the Nations League, Sterling, Kane, Rashford. You think you go four three three? Yeah, because I think that's the system he wants to play. Um, I think or, you'll play five at the back against Croatia. You do. Just because if there's we so win- much riding on this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if we lose, we we get relegated. At least he stays in the the, the competition if we draw. Yeah, that's fair. What he may do is play Dyer and Hendo then, and have the Dyer oh dropping back into God. the back three. Dyer and Henderson in the same midfield. This is just what I would oh do. Oh my god! Uh, th- if this that team is I've... announced, when do they play? Friday, Thursday. Thursday. I'll be banging my head against a brick wall. This is just what I would do. And no, then yeah, off yeah. the bench, I'd bring Callum Wilson on at half-time, give him 45-minute run-out. Yeah. Um, well, Rooney's going to play. Rooney's going to come on for the last 10 minutes or something, I think. Do That's think? what I would do. Uh, I'd also give Keane a run-out because I feel like if one of our centre-backs gets injured in training, he would go in ahead of Dunk because he's got a cap. Yeah. And he's probably slightly better on the ball than Dunk is. Yeah. Trippier's pulled out this morning. Uh, I'd also like to see... Sancho get game time yeah, same. I'd like to see Loftus-Cheek get some game time yeah. well. or I'd like to see one of Lingard or Ali just see where they play in the 4-3-3 because I'm still not sure where either of them fit in in a 4-3-3 uh, yeah Ali well I think they're both I think Lingard played out wide on Sunday mm-hmm. um, he's a more defensive option out wide though I'd say uh, and then I'd like to see maybe Alexander Arnold given forty-five minutes as well. I just find it interesting. He picks these players, and I just don't think he knows what is his best system or the system he wants to play at this moment in time. If he wants to play four-three-three, why pick Deli Ali? Yeah, he has to pick Deli Ali, but he has to, he also has to pick players that are going to be able to play together, play regularly together, and those are people like Ali, and Kane. They Unless against the USA, he's going to try four two three one, because I would. Argue, I would go four two three one. Yeah, Hendo and Winks in the middle. I would play Henderson and uh, Loftus Cheek in the middle. Yeah, interesting. And now I'll play it right. So if I was going to do my squad, mm-hmm. just quick, like off off the cuff now, four two three one, uh, I'd be playing pretty much the same back five as you, Pickford, um, Trent. You go for uh, Trent over Walker. Yeah, against the US. Okay. Trent, um, Gomez, Stones, and uh, Chilwell at the back. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Henderson, Loftus Cheek in the centre mid. Uh, Ali in behind with. 
I would say maybe uh, Sterling on the right, Rashford on the left, and then Kane up front. Mm-hmm. Although personally, if I'm looking at England now, I would probably say let's not play Kane. Yeah, because <clears throat> obviously he's playing a lot of games. I'll probably start with Wilson to be honest. Mm-hmm. I just want if we're playing four three three. The reason I've gone for that team is if we're playing four three three, I think like they should have forty five minutes together in preparation. Yeah. for a big game. It's fair, fair enough. Fair enough. But if not, if we're not going to play four three three, then do you think we'll see uh, Loftus Cheek and Winks together? I just don't know if Loftus Cheek is a central midfield player. Why not? I think he's more a number 10 than a central midfield okay. player. Fair enough. But we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. Um, predictions for the USA game first? 2-0 uh, England. Uh, I will go for the same. And prediction against Croatia. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. 2-1 England. I'm going to go for a 1-0 loss. I'm so full of um, confidence. The reason I've gone for us beating USA is I think they've regressed. Yeah. In the last few years. Definitely. They've lost big players like Clint Dempsey. and mm-hmm. uh, Is Bradley still playing for them? But I don't know. Um, all right. So a couple of weeks ago, we were asked um, for our our teams. Mm-hmm. Um, our 11 who asked this question uh, John, I think Johnny who was on the podcast okay. a few weeks ago asked this um, we're going to start with you. we're going to start this week with talking about the back five oh, uh, so goalkeeper and back four oh, I didn't know we were going to have to do our whole 11s I might play a different system uh, well I'm going 4-4-2 four, four I'm just going to keep it nice and simple <coughs> I'll have to think about mine but yeah I've got I've got a keeper and a back four right you, you go first so this is Bolton Josh is Bolton we've gone Premier League 11 so Premier League yeah. 11 <coughs> so keeper, yeah, stonkingly obvious, Adam Bogdan. No, <laughs> no, I'm joking. What I love about Bogdan is we convinced Liverpool to pay about two million quid for him, uh-huh. which is a unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. What did we do with that money? <laughs> so uh, Yaskalainen, no, you see Yaskalainen in goal, yeah. 527 appearances for Bolton over a 15-year period. What a legend in goal! What a legend. Uh, right back I've gone for Greta Steinson Uh options were pretty threadbare in the cupboard I have to say (laughs) Nicky Hunt made the shortlist and then we had Vincent Candela for Uh a season but he only played 10 games so I didn't think I could (laughs) include him just because he was a good French player that played 10 games for us so I've gone for Greta Steinson 126 appearances uh, between 2008 and 2012 there's a bit of a recurring theme with my choices uh, four of the five of them left in 2012 oh. so maybe it's gone downhill since then I'll always remember it was an opening day of a Premier League season and he scored from a cross the wind blew oh, really? it in yeah that's my crowning memory of Greta Steinson at left back I've gone for a bit of a Bolton legend of 347 appearances uh, Ricardo Gardner Impressive. Yeah. Ricardo Gardner, 1998 to 2012. I'll always remember watching Match of the Day with my dad, and they announced Bolton were on near the top. <laughs> so they actually, this was, do you remember when Match of the Day didn't put the lineups out on the later games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we actually used ticket at the bottom. We, we actually used, got to see the lineup, and Ricardo Gardner's been selected, and he, we didn't even know he still played for, played for <laughs> us. Um, but he got sent off within about 10 minutes and we ended up losing about 5-0 <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> but he still makes my team on the basis of his appearances. Yeah. Uh, centre half have gone for Bruno and Gotti. Do you remember him? No. 172 appearances, first on loan and then full time, 2001 to 2006. Uh, he was an absolute stalwart of the Allardyce team. Um, big bruising centre half, good on the ball as well. Chipped in with a few goals, I think seven goals he scored uh-huh. from centre half. And then I've gone for Gary Cahill as the other centre half. 130 appearances yeah. from 2008 to 2012. I remember him scoring the overhead kick. Was that for you guys or was that for Burnley? Mm, well, it was Villary played Villa, for, not Burnley. I knew it was someone in I think it might be Villary scored the overhead kick for. But yeah, so Jaskalainen in goal, Steinson, Ungotti, Cahill, and Gardner. That's my. Not bad. Uh, not I have bad. to give a special mention to a player called Goodney Bergson, uh-huh. who was our captain. Uh, he was at the club from from ninety five to two thousand three, but it's just sort of before my time. Yeah, he got very close. Yeah, so that that's so a good the point. Bench. These are these are people that we've picked from, uh, like, from what we remember. So if we pick in players that we might not necessarily, I know I'm probably just going to get pelters from we some of my mates didn't, for this. Did didn't have a didn't have because Bolton aren't a strong defensive team. Yeah, I nearly <laughs> I nearly put Andy O'Brien in just to make <laughs> you happy. Um, Marcos Alonso again was only there for a year. Ivan Campo, can you really put him in a best eleven? Uh, Hierro. Yeah, he wasn't there for long enough no. really. Um, we've had some shocking, shockingly awful players as well. Yeah. David. Well, so have we. I was thinking this as, we, as I was Ream. doing mine. I tell you what, uh, hardest position to pick <coughs> for me so far has been my goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, the rest, of them, the rest of them pick themselves. So I had it between uh, Given and Cernacek, mm-hmm. and I've decided to go for Pavel Cernicek sentimental reasons as well sentimental as well but um, for the fact that he had two spells at the club uh, came back in 2006 to finish his career with us uh, he had 146 appearances and 47 clean sheets which isn't too mm-hmm. isn't too shabby uh, I haven't got any stats for the rest of the players I've gone off people that I remember playing um, first one is Warren Barton People, oh, ledge! People might be like, "What the fuck, Warren Barton?" But he was playing when I was what when I grew up and we were watching Sir Bobby's team. I think we finished. Um, I don't know how much he played in that in the period where we finished third, fourth, fifth under Sir Bobby. But I just remember him whipping crosses in and then running back up the other end and making last ditch tackles. Um, so he made it into right back. Um, my left back picks himself, Beresford, John Beresford. Um, just probably like I mean the only person that would come close to him would be like someone like Jose Enrique we haven't been blessed with great left backs but if you ask me in five or six years time Paul Dummett's up there mm-hmm. um, we'll see though um, and my centre backs again quite hard I've gone for uh, Claudio Cachapa and uh, Jean-Alain Boomsong have you actually gone no. for Boomsong? <laughs> no <laughs> obviously not Claudio Cachapa, by the way, won like four league titles in a row with Leon before he came to us. Suddenly turned into a donkey. Yeah. So I, I don't, don't understand what I'm there. I've gone for firstly uh, Fabrizio Colaccini. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he has to go in. Had his down periods at Newcastle, but also was fucking brilliant. The season that we came fifth was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even the season after, and he was he was a sort of like quite a sad end to his Newcastle career I would say um, I think he had family problems wanted to go back to 
Argentina but nonetheless a brilliant player and not necessarily for his time uh, as a sort of um, as a Newcastle well yeah as a Newcastle player probably the best centre back I've ever seen play Jonathan Woodgate mm-hmm. um, he was my other centre back um, he was just probably the most complete football player like football and defender that I would say that England have produced he just couldn't he just couldn't stay, stay fit. fit couldn't stay fit which is such a shame because he was such a good player yeah um, and he would have he would be probably up there with some of the most capped Premier yeah. League and England players ever if he'd just been able to stay fit he comfortable on the ball great defender uh, he was like back in that period of time I think he was I can't remember what years he was at us for I think it was like around like uh, 2003 something like that mm-hmm. um, he uh, around that time like he was like a modern day centre back but in that period where centre backs were mainly there to deck you yeah he was he was playing like modern day football back then it was it was incredible like he's an incredible player so Cerner check and goal Barton at right back Colaccini and Woodgate in the middle and Beresford at left back lovely We'll be continuing this over the next couple of weeks. Excellent. So last last week's question mm-hmm. was, uh, who is the best foreign import into the Premier League? Uh, we've had some really good suggestions for this. Janino, uh, um, of course, that was Elliot Tuck, but genuinely had a was yeah impact very, on the community as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, Joe's gone for uh, like on value for money Bergkamp, Vieira, Coutinho and company mm-hmm. um, Matthew's gone for Drogba scored 10 goals in 10 finals um, 4 Premier League titles 4 FA Cups 3 League Cups 2 Community Shields yeah. 1 Champions League Unreal and the Partridge in the <laughs> um, who have you gone for Josh? Uh, so I did a top 3 go on 3 Aguero yeah, two Drogba, one Henri. Okay. All centre forwards. I think this is the one time that I'm going to agree with you. I haven't done the top three, but my it, mine is Henri. Uh, Johnny has also gone for Henri. I've just he written has done my research Thierry Henri. All of Johnny's stats. Yeah, eight seasons, 258 Premier League games, 175 goals, 74 assists, two Premier League titles, two FA Cups. Was part of the uh, two thousand three two thousand four invincible season, team of the year five times, uh, UEFA team of the year that is, Golden Boot twice, Premier League Golden Boot five times, Premier League Player of the Season twice, PFA Player of the Year twice. I could go on. I Unbelievable don't think player. there's been a player that's had such an aura about them either. No. I just defenses were terrified of Thierry Henry. Yeah, because he'd. He'd run in behind you and like score in a one-on-one. You just knew he was going to score. But do you remember that goal where he just got past it? He flicked it up and just volleyed yeah. it in. Like oh, he just, just had ridiculous. He had so yeah. much flair. Yeah, that, that, and, but he and wasn't. Style. He wasn't a dick with it. It was no. just. It just looked so natural. Johnny oh. sums it up here. Terrible pundit, looking an equally terrible manager, but what a legendary player. Yeah, brilliant. What a player. So what this a player. This week's question. Uh, after is it, is it not my my turn? No, you asked that question. Did I? You, oh, yeah. you give the Aguero stuff. Oh, I thought question. one up. No, you can do one for next week. You can okay. do that one next week. Cool. Um, this week's question. 
Gary Lineker and Piers Morgan had an argument on Twitter this week about uh, New Zealand being the best team ever across all sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's New Zealand rugby team, by the way. What I want to know is who is your best uh, team of all time? So play like all sports. Well, yeah. Why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? Well, you got Any my answer. Sports. You just read it out. What New Zealand rugby? Yeah, they've been top of the world rankings for like 10 years consecutively or something. Yeah. Oh, well, spoil next week's podcast, but okay. Uh, but yes, we want to hear I'll, your I'll best. Find, let's go. Team. No, let's go. Let's go. Football. Best football team yeah. uh, of all time. It can be. It can You can give us one which is like the best team of all time, and then I want one which is like your best team in a particular season. Cool. So we want two there. Awesome. Um, so best team in a particular season or best team ever cool and best team ever uh, okay final part final of the thing podcast. but I've also got a funny story oh so do you oh, want a funny yes, story okay. first yeah for the benefit of the listeners so playing at a wedding on Sunday evening up in deepest darkest Lancashire and because uh, I'm a pansy I'm doing my air in the gents spraying it and these two blokes walk in and uh, this one bloke who has no hair I would like to point out I don't know his name but uh, shouted some fairly derogatory abuse at me <laughs> and then left left the bathroom without relieving himself which I thought was a little bit odd uh, and then this other bloke was left sort of weeing so you know you make awkward awkward urinal chit chat um, and I thought this bloke was standing of it you know when people stand like suspiciously far away from a urinal when they wee as yeah. well he was one of those people. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are just having an awkward conversation. Anyway, yeah, it transpired that David Dunn was attending this wedding. And I was like, oh, I've not seen him. I've not seen him. Where is he? And then one of the lads in the band said, oh, there he is there. And it was the bloke from the toilet. He'd been, uh, <laughs> I'd been having an awkward conversation with and I hadn't recognised him. Well, I, Josh texted me on, uh, when was this? Saturday? Sunday. Sunday. Josh texted me on Sunday saying, oh, I'm David Dunn's at this wedding this was early on and I was like oh get a photo with David Dunn and uh, he texted me later on couldn't get a photo with David Dunn <laughs> so that's why I was too scared lack, lack of lack of David Dunn posts although I did ask you to show the video of him doing a Rabona to him yeah I, sh- he, I showed it to one of the, the waiters and he, he laughed <laughs> um, great anecdote for the end of the podcast or near the end of the podcast last but not least JB's tiny tip for this week um Again, can be on any game. England Cross. to beat the USA and keep a clean sheet. Oh, okay, that's what you've go. For. That's what you've gone for. Let me see if I can have that. Um, there's so many options on this app that I have absolutely no idea what's going on. I don't think one of the. Oh, I can go for clean. Sh- I can do like a uh, like a little accumulator thing. Mm-hmm. So if I go England clean sheet and England to win. Uh, then if I do if I do fifty p on each four pound ten yeah solid sounds so we'll England that. clean sheet and England to win I've got a good feeling about that what? well you lost again what did I go for this week oh no you didn't it's one pound forty five return sorry oh useless no that was going to be my balance at the end which isn't a lot. It's all right. 
Hopefully, you'll actually win this this time because last week was a disaster again. Let's hope so. You haven't won since the third week. Yeah, I know. That's a bit depressing, isn't it? Do you know? See why I don't gamble. Yes, I see exactly why I don't gamble. Um, thank you very much for listening. I've really enjoyed this week. Excellent. Next week, I probably won't enjoy as much. But we'll. When are the England games? Thursday, Thursday and Sunday. And Sunday, yeah. Cool. So we might try and get the podcast out on Monday. We'll Maybe. find out. Uh, and then, yeah, so International Week next week, and then the good football returns the week after. Um, anything else to say? Don't think so. Spot on. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to tweet in with your, uh, your. I don't know how to word this the best, like your opinion on the best football team of all time and the best individual team of all time. Yeah? Cool. Yeah. Delicious. Excellent. Thanks for listening. Bye.